Hello and welcome to the Amplifier Podcast, the show where the best in business discuss how you can grow your business best. I'm Mike McPherson, I produce this show, and today our host Don Cooper is joined once again by the man behind Bluefish and the author of Bluefishing, The Art of Making Things Happen, Mr. Steve Sims. Steve is on the show today for his final part of a three-part conversation covering everything from what the key to wealth might just be in this episode to his story of writing his book and how you can surround yourself with the best people in episodes one and two. So definitely make sure you check out our other episodes with Steve after this one and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss any episodes in the future. But with all of that said, I truly do hope that you enjoy this episode of the Amplifier Podcast. I was thinking about what you do for the last 48 hours. And I was laying, um, for the last couple of weeks, I was rebuilding a, a deck for our pool for the kids and for us to hang out. And I remember sitting there yesterday going, like, I, I'm so happy about what I did for others. Like, what's the passion that you have for making this crazy stuff happen? Because it really clicks with me. I, I'm more interested in doing cool stuff and giving cool experiences to friends and family and colleagues and then for me to for, for myself like how is that how does that pop for you like what is what so, what drives you to be this creating these wild experiences for people and, and not, not not just the wild stuff but the simple stuff like just sending them a nice note and making those personal connections like there's some there's got to be something in your dna that says this is who i am this is why i do this well, it started strangely. Um, as a bricklayer from London, I had no money. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the argument internally was, why have I got no money? You know, mm -hmm. why has everyone else got money and I'm not? I'm getting up at four o'clock in the morning. I'm going home at eight o'clock in the night. I'm getting shit on, rained on, dropping things on me. So I know what hard work's like. And so the beginnings of the world and to, to go for rich clients, not poor clients, because I knew what poor people were like, because I was one of them. And we bitch and moan about everything. So I thought, if I can get in front of rich people, I want to go, why have you got money and I haven't? And I remember I would ask, you know, typical little Irish kid, you know, I would just go up to rich people and I'd go, hey, hey, dude, how come you're rich and I'm not? And I realized very early on that was the wrong question. Yeah. Because if I ask you how rich you are, you straight away think about your bank account. Yeah. Then I ask you, you know, so I had to change that question. So then I would come up to you and I'd be like, hey, how come you're wealthy and I'm not? Well, wealthy now becomes your smiles, your family, your friends, what you do for others. How many people do we know that are wealthy that actually don't have a lot of money? Mm -hmm. okay? That exists, okay? You can't be rich without money, but you can be wealthy without money. So I realized, I don't want to know about your charity. I do want to know about the money but I want to know how you got to it. So then I tweaked the question again, how come you're successful and I'm not? And then success can be read in a lot more different ways, but I started to get the answers I wanted. So the concierge firm wasn't because I'm exciting and I wanted to hang around with Bocelli and the Pope and Richard Branson. I'm actually not. I like riding motorcycles. I'm always wearing a black t-shirt. I like gardening. I like barbecuing. You know, nine times out of the day, Leave me the F alone. You yeah. know, that's my world, you know? I don't aspire to want to go and walk down a red carpet. In fact, that's the egotistical world of Hollywood that I loathe. But I'm down there a lot. But if I can get someone that's successful to go down there because they want to, I can now engage them in a conversation and go, hey, Jimmy, how come you're successful? You know, what, what did it for you? Give me your nuggets. Give me your tidbits, boy. Hey, I got you to meet Elton John. 
talk to me. So I was using it as a Trojan horse to get to have those conversations. Right. Um, and that was really, that's what really kind of went, hang on a minute, I'm thinking wrong. You know, I'm acting wrong. I'm settling. And I started changing my, and here's the daft thing. No one gets thinner by buying a diet book. Yeah. Getting thinner is a byproduct, a byproduct, not direct, a byproduct of the uh, right diet, the right exercise, the right lifestyle. Getting rich is a byproduct of being successful and changing the ways you do things. Everyone tries to be rich. Mm -hmm. No, you got to focus on these bits over here. That shit's just a byproduct. Your bank account will climb by this over here, not by you staring at it. So I started changing along the way. Now, along the way, I got to do some amazing things. Yeah, they're great stories. Um, but now, ever since the book came out, I've been able to take what I do and get entrepreneurs to do it for them. Right. And I've been able to, like I love, um, I don't know if you know, that um, we joked about the bail. I yeah. go to prison, uh, I think it, well, it used to be three times a year. Um, yeah. And I go and teach uh, inmates that we call EITs, entrepreneurs in training. Yeah. And I go there three times a year with a phenomenal group called Defy Ventures. And what I do is I charge entrepreneurs to come with me. So yeah, you, I've heard you talking about this before. Yeah. If, if you want to come to prison, with and trust me, I don't go to the, 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 the little shit you get for speeding tickets. I will take you to a level four maximum security prison two hours outside of Los Angeles. Not a place that you want to visit under any other circumstances. And I say to people, do you get nervous speaking on stage? Do you get nervous giving a Monday morning presentation? Do you get apprehensive any point in your life? Spend the day with me here at this location. You'll never be nervous anywhere again. Yeah. And I charge them $500 for the privilege. Now, I don't take the money. I have a link on Defy Ventures. So it's a taxable donation. So you get a write off against your taxes for being a nice person. Defy Ventures gets funded. But you will actually, for an entire day, hang out with people that you would never, ever normally even desire to hang out with that will actually become your friends and will change your life. I went, uh, it was a couple of years ago, I went to Kern uh, beginning of February, and then 10 days later, I with Elton John in uh, uh, Beverly Hills. So I'd gone from people in orange jumpsuits to people in $10,000 suits. Yeah. Do you know what I noticed was the major difference between those two rooms? These ones had better tailors. <laughs> you know? These people wanted to change. You imagine every day you are in like an eight foot by four foot cell alone. Yeah. Contemplating what you did. And again, you don't go to Kern because you didn't pay your electric bill. So you're in there. They're not denying that. Hey, I did this. It's some bad shit. I'll own it forever. But it doesn't have to define the man that I am. Yeah. Now, if you can find opportunity to change in that kind of environment, what right do you have to bitch about how well your Facebook ads 
are converting on a normal day-to-day basis. So yeah. I take you into an in- extreme environment. Now, I will call it out. Jason Gaynard, good on you, boy, invited me to do this. And I went and did it selfishly for me. I thought to myself, it'd be cool. Steve Sims, I was in prison for a day. It'd be great on my Facebook adverts. It'd be great on my my Instagram. But oh, how cool are you, Steve? You were in a maximum tough security prison. That all changed within two minutes of me walking in there. I found people that had done bad things that wanted to do good. I found people that would were focused on change. How many people out here in the world we are are focused? They would like to change. It would be nice if they did but they're not driven to make that change happen. But in that environment, I met some fantastic people, people that have now come out and I stay in contact with. I've spoken, my last little rant on this, I've spoken at Pentagon, the Pentagon and Harvard twice. I've flown a lot of the places around the world and spoken on major stages. But nothing excited me as much as being able to give the graduation speech at Kern Prison two years ago. It was just incredible. It was, everyone was crying. It was just not because I was speaking, but because I was confronted by a group of people that wanted to change their life. I met a guy in there that was really happy and I'd met him a few times and I'm like, how you doing? You know, it's silly to say, hey, good to see you here again. It's not like that going anywhere. But I was like, hey, you know, how's your head? How are you, how are you focused? And he's like, I am great. And this guy was like really pumped. And I was like, oh, good. You know, what's, what's going on in your life? And he said, my buddy died. And I'm like, all right, maybe that's not the kind of reaction I was expecting. And he could feel that I was obviously, and he was like, no, 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 you don't get me wrong. He said, I love this man. He said, but if he had been alive when I got out, I would hang out with him and I'd be back in. Right. He was my last handcuff to that world. I could walk down that street now. No one would know who I was. He was my last link. I am free of the shackles of that moment in my life. When I come out of here, I can move on because I don't have anyone there now. He said, I love him. God bless him. But he's not going to be able to drag me back in there. That's an an extreme version of what you say of auditing your inner circle, right? (laughs) <laughs> uh, that's an extreme version of it yeah but that's that's why he came back with it and, and you know god bless him that's brilliant uh, i mean you know when i think about that and you think about people on the outside who are living their lives you know there's a the, the thing that strikes me is comfort versus discomfort for pushing change right i mean mm. if you're in if you're in that environment how more how more uncomfortable can you get to push change you know, we've been, we've been, I have taken, and I'm very proud of this, and I'll boast about this forever, and I'll maybe even one day get an obnoxious T-shirt with it on, but I've taken over 100 entrepreneurs at $500 a person into prison. I'll tell you the funny thing is, when I first actually posted that, uh, hey, if you can't get hold of me tomorrow, I'm in prison, <laughs> you know, I had people contacting me. You know, some people were smiley face, but I had some people going, what did you do? I had people unfriend me because I had said this. And then they came back to me going, oh, I didn't know um, that it was for, for an entrepreneur. 
you know, I've just requested a friend again. Yeah. I'm like, off, you know, if you're, if you're willing to kind of go because of that, you didn't even ask me, you just ran, you know? So it is very, very funny what other people's monsters and preconceptions do to them. Yeah. Comfort, failure. Tell me about failure and learning. I love your view on this. I've never failed in my life. I've just, yeah. I've just learned shit. Um, you don't learn from being successful. You learn from how you got successful by being educated on the failure that happened along the way. You see, when you fail at something, that becomes experience. Yeah. When you failed a lot of times, you've become experienced, which now means you are a credible source of knowledge because you're now knowledgeable. Okay. So you've gone from failure to experience to credible to become confident, you now have all everything you need. I've got a PhD, a doctor, and what other, what other digits are out there by the amount of times I've failed. I know how to put a good event on because of the bad events I've put on. I know how to work with Elton John and the Grammys and the Kentucky Derby and the New York Fashion Week and Formula One because I failed at other events and contracts I tried to get. You know, so... I love failure because failure tells me I'm trying. Failure tells me I'm pushing and failure provides me the experience I need to become knowledgeable, which allows me to become credible, which allows me to coach other people. Isn't it stunning how many coaches and influencers today actually haven't ever achieved anything. I love the amount of influence yeah, out except, there. Except that huh? Oh, it's, you know, all the coaches and gurus out there who are teaching people how to be successful. And yet the only thing that they've been successful at is getting you to hire them to be their coach. It's hysterical. I think today, and I, I'm hoping that's going to be another byproduct of COVID because I don't think we're very tolerant today. Okay. You know, a couple of years yeah. ago, you're a salesman. I'm a salesman. How many times has someone started selling you something and you feel it? And you're like, oh, here oh yeah. he he's got. But how many times has he started closing you and you've gone, that's pretty slick. That's, that's pretty good. And yeah. you've continued on the journey and actually ended up buying it because it was just so good that you've enjoyed the experience. Yeah. Has that ever happened to you? I, I'm a student of it. Sometimes, even if I don't want to buy something, if I watch what the person is doing and how they're doing it, I'm enjoying because I'm, yeah. I'm a student of, of that whole process. Not because, you know, I, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not uh, being sold. I'm watching the, the selling buying process evolve. And I might be even something I didn't even want, but by the time the process is over, I like, you did that so goddamn well, I'm going to give you my money just because you earned it. Even though I don't want this thing, whatever yeah. the hell it is. But we don't have that today. I, I, today, no, I think well, today, I think today yeah, it's, cl it's, 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 cl it. it's click now, buy now, oh. bullshit. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. but there's another flip side that you need to be aware of. Human beings today, we're pissed off. We've been contained. We've been lied yeah. to. We've been force fed. We've been discouraged. We've been distracted. You know, we're a, as soon as you start selling me something now, I'm going to recognize it and I'm going to attack you. So today yeah. the conversation has to change. Today we have, because if I knocked on your door at one o'clock in the morning and I don't know your family dynamics, so I'm making it up. You've got your wife, 
You've got your newborn son that's just come back. You know, uh, they, they've just come back from the hospital two days ago. Everyone's fast asleep, and it's the first sleep you've got in two days. And I knock on your door one o'clock in the morning to sell you something. I wake the family up. Your baby starts crying. You're going to want to kill me. Okay? But if I knock on the door one o'clock in the morning because something just came to my attention and I can save you $50,000 if we do it in the next 10 minutes, and I can save you your fuel bill, or I can save you this, or I've got you a speaking gig somewhere, or a client that just phoned me, he's in a foreign country, but in the next 15 minutes, he's going to recruit someone that he shouldn't, he should be recruiting you. If I can do something like that for you at one o'clock in the morning, you're going to welcome me in and make me tea. Okay. So today we want people to turn up as a solution to our problems. Don't try and sell me shit. I've been accused for a year now. I don't want that crap. But if you can solve my problems, I'll welcome you in and let you sleep with my wife. <laughs> I don't know that Claire would want that, but uh, she would. She's uh, probably not happy that I'm that I'm putting that out there. So I maybe retract that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know, our friend Joe Polish says, you know, what needs solved, right? I mean, that's the essence of what we're talking about. If you can figure out how you can solve shit for whoever it is you're solving that for. All of a sudden, it's not selling because the, the, the people don't like to be sold, but they love to buy. Yeah, yeah, they, right? they do. That's why. And Joe, look, Joe's as much as a mis, misfit as anyone in the planet. And let's be blunt, if Joe Polish can be doing it, then anybody can. Just <laughs> listen to how he did it. He hasn't, yeah. done, he hasn't done anything complicated. Nope. He's not done anything difficult. I don't know if he knows how to do anything complicated. Because he is so simple in what he does that he will divert his energy to the best return and impact. And he is simple in his methodology. And quite simply, this may sound like a backhanded compliment, but if this weirdo can do it, just copycat him and listen to him. Listen to his podcast. Listen to his events. Go to his events. I'm a great advocate for that man. So just follow what he teaches. And do it. He, put it. he puts it out there for you to copy. It's only the morons that decide, no, 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 that'll never work for me. And then it doesn't. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> um, ugly. Ugly works. It does. <laughs> tell, me, tell me some of your stories about how simple ugly has just worked so well for you. Oh, you know, like everyone will... If you say to someone, hey, reach out to this person, they'll find the email address and they'll send them an email. And that email will now end up in the inbox with like 4,000 other emails. And if you're lucky, it hasn't landed in the junk. So I travel and I go into hotels all the time and I go, hey, I need some stationery. And I get stationery from San Diego, from uh, from Singapore, from all over the planet. And I will send a letter using hotel stationery. Now, here's the daft thing, and I'll ask you this question. How many fingers does it take to delete an email? How many fingers? One. Yeah, one. (laughs) How many fingers does it take to open up a letter? Probably both hands. I would say all 10 of them. (laughs) Exactly. So I've just got your entire engagement by you opening up a letter that I got for free from a hotel. 
I've got your one. You are now holding the envelope like a steering wheel. You are now ripping open the envelope. So I've now got you audibly. You yep. are now pulling something out of the envelope. So I've now got your curiosity and engagement. Jesus, can this get any better? All I've got to do is make sure something is inside that captures. Now, I've gone to people's offices and I've seen they've got pictures of them with a Porsche. And I've gone, oh, I like the Porsche. What's that? Oh, I love vintage Porsche. Oh, do you? Great. Click it in the back of your mind. Go down to the newsstand. Buy a magazine on classic Porsches. Pull the middle page out and write on it. If we can have a cup of coffee and I can discuss my proposal with you, you'll get the rest of the magazine. Wrap it up, stick it in the envelope and send it to him. And when he does the meeting with you, bring the rest of the magazine. He doesn't give a shit about the magazine, but it was entertaining and creative way of A, showing that you paid attention to what he loves, and B, using creative ways of getting his engagement. I love the fact that you, you, you say... You know, don't even use scissors or a razor blade to kind of no. like rip it out and make it ugly. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. You know, don't print from your computer the envelope. Get I use Sharpies, okay? Yeah. And Bic do gel pens, and I love the Bic gels. Use a gel pen and write, you know, handwrite it. And if you spell something wrong, cross it out and then continue. Don't get another envelope, okay? Be normal. Yeah. Awesome. Don't waste another minute of your life uh, on uh, on people that shouldn't be in your life. Tell me about that. Saying well, no. It's very well. The trouble is with entrepreneurs is we we are to say yes to everything. In fact, there's a there's a joke that says, "How do you make an entrepreneur go bankrupt?" You say, "Hey, I bet you couldn't do this for ten dollars." And, you know, they, they, they will look at the challenge and not the $10, okay? Yeah. So entrepreneurs, we say yes to everything. Oh, that's a new iPhone. I need that. It's still the same stupid emails. Why do yeah. you need it? But, oh, I need it. It's shiny. It's new. You know, we all have, as entrepreneurs, we have problems. And we need to understand and recognize what those problems are because they make us great. Mm-hmm. But we need to control that beast within. And we need to be able to turn around and go, okay, <coughs> I want to do that but I can't give it the attention that it needs now. Can you wait six months? No. Okay. Then respect for you. You need to find someone else. The amount of times I've said that to people and they've gone, do you know, you send in my business to somebody else tells me I need to have the business with you. I'll wait the six months, you know? So get used to saying no. It's a tough thing, but learn to say no. I, I think that, you know, surrounding yourself, you know, the, the old adage, you, 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 you are the people that you surround yourself with. Oh, yeah. Just saying no. I mean, and, and that whole idea of auditing. I mean, I do it all the time, but I think a lot of people, and you use the word, I think, uh, uh, say no to vampires. Uh, yeah. you know, Actually, you know, that came from Joe. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I was going to say, because it sounds like, you know, one of Joe's things where he says, life gives to the giver and takes from the taker. Yep. And, you know, similar idea that, you know, who's going to suck the, who's going to suck the life out of you if you spend time around them? And, and, and eventually it transforms you. You know, the thing about vampires is eventually they turn you into one. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely do. It's not good. Um, you know, the, the, the power wins. So, no, you've got to, you've got to focus on who's adding to your energy and not taking it away. 
what's the you know one fish two I've fish, actually, fish, I, fish, I, fish i've actually got a bail very soon i've got oh, a second yeah. podcast after you no problem so. my friend carry on tell me about dr seuss <laughs> one fish two fish red fish blue fish so <laughs> i was a doorman of a nightclub and i got really good without realizing it at human psychology yeah and i realized very early on you've got to control your front door like all of us as entrepreneurs whether it's bringing clients in bringing staff in throwing events selling tickets vet and filter your front door because yeah. if you let someone come through the front door that's an arsehole they ain't gonna get a better inside so that's when i started throwing parties i would invite only rich people why because i know poor people can't buy shit because i was poor so mm -hmm. only invite rich people okay where you know that paying the bill is not going to be a financial hindrance okay yeah. so I would invite rich people to these parties and then I would give them a password. If they got to the door of the club or the restaurant or the penthouse, wherever we were having this party and they were too arrogant to say this password, we wouldn't let them in. Yeah. Okay. Cause we didn't want arrogance in the room. And the funny thing is that reputation circulated because people would watch us kicking millionaires away from the door because they weren't humble enough to say a little funny joke. And we used to make the passwords stupid. Name two of the Teletubbies. You know, name the lion out of the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. That will be your password. Or finish this sentence, one fish, two fish, red fish. So we would come up with these different things, and you'd get these people that would lean in and they'd go, tinky winky po. We'd be like, oh, in you go. Now, here's the thing. When people, if you're stood by the door and all you can see is people walking into the event, smiling and giggling, yeah. what does the rest of the room do? Now, you we know, thought it was a bit, yeah, we thought it was shits and giggles, but it got everyone in the line behind, smiling. When we kicked off someone, it made them laugh. And when the person would then report us or talk about, what assholes we were because we wouldn't let him into the party because he was he wasn't stupid enough to say the word you know bluefish. We got more people wanting to come to us, yeah. so we just ended up. It was again. I told you earlier. I'm 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 a clusterfuck of everything. It just became one of those things that resonated with people. They liked the fact that we were very fixed at filtering our front door. They liked the fact. That we have it up. We didn't take ourselves too seriously, and they went into a room where everyone else was just as humble as them, and there was no arrogance. Brilliant. Um, my wife met you at Genius Network two years ago, and and so and she was there. She was she was impressed with the entire event. The thing that stuck with her was meeting Steve Sims. Who, and you know, and I say meeting Steve Sims, the guy who gets shit done, and listening to Susie Batiste, who owns the business Poopery. Yeah. And so her whole thing was Steve Sims gets shit done, and Susie Batiste covers it up. <laughs> <laughs> and that was those were the big highlights of her time there. I mean, she got a lot out of a lot of things, but every time she talks about being at Genius Network, it was meeting you in the hallway. And, and her big dream is this, right? I want to go have a drink with Steve Sims 
and and hang out with Gordon Ramsay at the same time and cook a meal. <laughs> I said, well, at some point, Steve and I will become closer friends, and maybe Steve and I will figure out how to make that happen. You can have an there old fashioned have an old fashioned with Steve and have Gordon Ramsay cook us a beef Wellington at the same time, and I, I think he'll probably want to drink as well. That, uh, yeah, more than one. Uh, yeah, so no, that would be a very good night. Steve, uh, how can people help you with your mission and what you want to do? My mission and, is and, more, to get, and how can I help? To get people to think and do differently. Um, when the book came out, I wasn't expecting anything out of it. And then when I suddenly realized that it was helping people change, um, I was all for it. Now, understand, I got paid such a stupid retainer. I make no money out of the book. Right. So if you want to buy it, don't buy it because you think you're, you're helping me. Help yourself. Um, I want people to do things that are easy to understand, make more impact by being easier to be repeated. So please just try something that challenges you. Try something that makes you uncomfortable and focus on relationships. That's the only thing. Focus As we grow, that's the key ingredient to the, the next group of successful businesses, the interaction they have with the people they serve. Awesome. If people want to work with you, hire you, find out more, how do they, how do they find you? I'm easier to find than COVID. Um, I'm at stevedsims.com. There's only one M in Sims. Slap the D in the middle. So stevedsims.com. Or oh, I'm Steve D. Sims on Instagram. I've got a free Facebook group called An Entrepreneur's Advantage with Steve Sims. Jump in there and listen to me rant. Um, but yeah, I'm easy to get. Just look up Steve D. Sims. Awesome. Steve, fantastic talking to you, pal. And hopefully I'll see you at a Genius Network event sometime soon. With an old-fashioned, all the best, buddy. With an old-fashioned. Thanks, pal. And there you have it. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this episode of the Amplifier Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about or get in touch with Steve Sims or our host, Don Cooper, then you can do so at any time by following their links in the description of this episode. And remember that if you or your company are ever looking to start a podcast, then you can do so the easiest way by checking out our custom podcast creator at AmplifiedPodcast.com. But with all that said, I truly do hope that you have enjoyed this episode of the Amplifier Podcast, and we cannot wait to see you here next time.